tell you guys about the lady at the airport. Jake, did I ever tell you guys that story? No, but you did tell I us to remind you. you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so I, I'm reminding you now. To please tell us the story. Thanks for the reminder because I just reminded <laughs> you to remind me by saying that. When I, when I went to South Carolina, this was a while ago and I meant to tell you guys so long ago. Never did. I was in Georgia at the airport. Stopped at the airport bar because I had a couple minutes before my flight. And I sit down. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm minding my own fucking business. I got my headphones in. I'm doing work. And this woman next to me starts talking to me. There's a chair between us. And um, she asked me if she could take a picture of my hair. And I was like, "Uh, sure. Should I smile? Like, this is weird. Um, And so she's taking a picture of my hair, whatever. Some dude sits down next to me. He's ordering his drink. They start talking to each other over me. And I was like, I don't want to be a part of this. So I kind of backed up and they were cheersing each other over my laptop. I was like, could you not please? Whatever. Anyways, this woman was drunk as fuck. Sure. And he said he was going to buy her another drink. And I was like, bro, our plane leaves in like 20 minutes. She's good. (laughs) She's good. Um, And then she started asking me. She was like, so how did you two meet? You guys just just I'm not trying to make you uncomfortable. You just look so cute together and i was like i don't know him he's a stranger and she was like what i thought you guys were together and i was like why i'm just fucking sitting here like yeah, can you guys not can you leave me alone so anyway she went to the bathroom and then right before the plane is about to take off she came up to the bar again and she was like have you seen my phone and i was like no oh. God, no i haven't seen your phone and she's like somebody stole it I'm like no you're drunk as shit you probably lost it. So I get in line, about to get on the plane. She comes up again, and she was like, did you take my phone? Where's that man who was sitting next to you? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know him. He's probably on the plane. Yeah. I'm in South Carolina for a week. When I get dropped off at the airport to come back home, I swear to fucking God, this lady is standing outside of the airport. And I was like, that's the crazy lady. She thinks <laughs> I stole her phone. So then I sit down in like a corner of the airport, and she came up to me, and she goes, hey... Were you on my last flight a week ago? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Do you ever find your phone? And she goes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had to get a new one. So did you find it it or did you break it? And you're an idiot. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, I just thought it was bizarre (laughs) that like we had the same flight both times a week apart. Cool. Don't talk to people at the airport bar. No. Um, Also, we got a new review on Apple. (gasps) Wow. Yeah. So uh, five stars. Thank you. The subject was, whoa. And she said, where did you guys come from and how am I just now discovering you? I am binging this podcast and have enjoyed all the episodes. You guys have awesome attitudes and are well-researched. Keep up the great content, Miranda. Thanks, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's what she means by attitude. (laughs) Wait until she gets to season three. (laughs) Oh, no. On that note, actually, you said that. You said that in our Q&A that we did most recently Mm -hmm. um, because... We had a comment from Megan Lilac, and she said, yes, that Lilac is her real last name. Right. But it's her least favorite flower, ironically. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said in that episode, Jake, just wait until she gets to season three, and she has to listen to me. Yeah. And she sent us a message, <laughs> and she said that she does love you. Oh. So. That's not creepy at all. Say it back, Jake. Say it back. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't understand how social things work. <laughs> But yeah, he was sitting here all worried because he wasn't on season one and two. And look at that. Yeah. Oh, Man, you're cheeky. Up. People love you. <laughs> also, we had someone. I have a post up in the group asking, 
how you guys found us, where you're from, whatever, your favorite episodes and whatnot. And Amy Copeland commented on that post, and she said that she lives in San Antonio, but she grew up in Elizabeth City, North Carolina, which is not that far from us. No. Yeah. She said, right down the road from Virginia Beach, spent many a weekend in Lynn Haven Mall and saw many, many concerts at the Virginia Beach Amphitheater. Used to sneak out with my friends and go see the Rocky Horror Picture Show at Lynn Aww. Haven Mall when I was a teen. Fun times. Found you on Spotify looking for a Beatles podcast. Okay, cool. And if she was looking for a Beatles podcast, that means to me she, she probably... got the circle jerking one. Yeah, I'm the just... one... <laughs> that's exactly it. Because I was like, which ones did we do? Oh, we no. did the one on Paul McCartney. The other one was the circle jerk one, where they all sit in a room and jerk off together. And then there was one that we did on Ringo, where he was suing a sex oh, toy yeah. company for the Ringo the... Sure. name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully these satisfied your need for a Beatles podcast. If not, buy a Ringo star or a sex no, toy. No, they don't exist. But we will be for you. Not Well, not for you. We were going to do it anyways, but you'll be excited about this, Amy. We are going to cover John Lennon this season. And that's definitely going to be a two-parter. So stick around. But, um, oh yeah, also one last thing. Sorry. I have all these notes. Um, my coworker, Dave. Yeah. Parker. Yeah, the one that traumatized my childhood because he used to be a meteorologist. <laughs> you hear that, Dave? He traumatized you? I, oh, yeah. No, I just thought I was going to die in any, like, storm because this man was on my TV telling me how severe the weather was. <laughs> oh, my no God. No offense, but, like, I grew up... No offense, but fuck you, but Dave. No, but I just think... I mean, not you specifically. I would read things and just immediately think if it was something bad, it was going to happen to me. It's nothing you did. It is everything wrong with me but i just associated your face with a natural disaster (laughs) and i'm sorry he's gonna love to hear that well anyways now we gotta now we gotta add insult to injury for dave because oh no i told him i was gonna mention this he works with me he is a program director at our radio group so program directors it's part of your job to coach and like give advice to the on-air people listen so they they go over your air checks with you and they tell you what you could be doing better you know whatever so anyways i asked him he's been listening to the show and i was like in your professional opinion what are some things that we could work on what do you think um like constructive criticism give us some and so he sent me this whole long thing that was like super nice whatever um and then i don't know a week later or so he sent me another message and he was like hey so you asked me before to give some feedback on the show. Oh, no. And I just... Let me pull it up because I got it. Is it bad? <laughs> just wait. Hold on. Oh, my God. It's about me. Hold on. Let me find it. Look, I'm a fragile gal. All right. This, this won't bother you. I <laughs> thought it was fucking hilarious. He said, hope you had a great vacation. You asked me a few weeks ago if I had any feedback on your podcast. I listened to the mini one that came out today. Feedback. Lindsay talks way too fast. Lindsay? <laughs> it's causing her to stumble over her words. I'm and not. So that's not even my together. name. If it was <laughs> slowed down, it would be a lot easier to digest. Hope it's okay to pass along that thought. Who's so, Lindsay? Then, I didn't correct him. I was like, this? Because it's Cassie, not Lindsay. <laughs> Lindsay's my other friend. And then, like, a couple of days later, he said, so, about Lindsay reading too quickly, I just noticed that I had the speed set to one and a quarter. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So I sounded like a chipmunk to him. I said, let's pretend this never happened. (laughs) I was like, I mean, I do talk fast. (laughs) I know, and I I never thought it was that fast, because I talk fast, too. Yeah. 
I and blame I Gilmore like, Girls. I was like, <laughs> okay, we'll 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 sit down and like we'll discuss it. Thanks for your. I'm input. going to talk like this from now on, so that Dave can hear it no, normally. He, he said he was like <laughs> listening to another show, and he finally realized he had it the playback speed like way too fast and he was like oh my god i'm so fucking embarrassed he was like please don't say anything i was like dave i'm going to say something i'm gonna make fun of you i mean it's constructive criticism i wouldn't have been mad either way but it's funnier that he was wrong <laughs> so. yeah so fuck you dave. i mean i probably do talk fast but no whatever. when it's played at the normal speed right. it's fine so ignore everything he said <laughs> amazing i just thought that was funny so thanks for listening, Dave. I'm sorry if this is your last episode. If you hate us now for calling you out and Cassie's scared of you. I'm not, I was as a child. Have you seen him since? Yeah. Because I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eat the mic. Um, When I had gone to the station that one day and then I like shared an elevator and I was like, it's him in real life. But I obviously like I don't have I haven't had cable since I left my parents house probably a good thing for me um i don't see the news that often and i don't think i'm gonna die um but i i was in the elevator and i was like i know that man's face why do and then i i got into your office and i was like didn't he used to be on tv and you were like yeah he's gonna be so psyched do you remember that i was like no no <laughs> like, go no. triggered yeah so that's funny <laughs> it's fine it's fine i'm fine that's we're good fine. yeah because <laughs> what <laughs> what's happening a hurricane? Oh, I no. had. I was. Damn, I lost it. I had something. Cyclone. Jamie oh. Lerman. Yeah, never like mind. A cyclone. Do you know that song? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that song? Please tell me you do. Don't play it. Oh, I'll put All it right. on the playlist for this episode. <laughs> I'm hot, y'all. Ooh. It's hot. Hell in here. yeah, yeah. It's getting hot and hurting. Anyways, <laughs> throw that on the playlist too. It's gonna be all this You're black. Making, it's yeah, gonna yeah. be all this black metal and then fucking Nelly. I'm playing yep. Taylor Swift with Ramstein. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> all right. Jake. Well, on that note, yeah. Talk over us. Sometimes it's okay to just talk over. Tell us, us to shut up. Yes. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to Death by Music podcast, part two of the Norwegian black metal scene. I hate it. You hate it? That noise you made. Oh, okay. Well, then you would not like black metal. True. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, so I think where we left off last time was right after. Yes. We should do a recap. died. He shot himself. And then Euronymous came in through the window, found his body, um, didn't call the police at first. He went to the store, grabbed a Polaroid camera, took some photos, and then... Um, yeah, then eventually the cops got involved, kind of tried to pin it on Euronymous, but he had an alibi, whatever, and so it was a suicide, and that is where we are going to pick up today. Um, all of our sources, they're named in the first episode. I'm sorry, I printed this document out because I'm old school. <laughs> I don't have my laptop in front of me, so unless one of you guys wants to read the sources from last time. No, they heard it the first okay. time. It's fine. All of our sources can be found on episode one, and by the way, if you haven't listened to it and you're just like finding this for some reason, go back and listen to part one of Black Yeah, this Metal. will make no sense if you don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, go back and listen to part one. So, after the suicide of Dead, the black metal scene had changed forever. Now, there was nothing at all to find humor in. It was all very serious and to the absolute extreme. So, where they were kind of like dicking around before and like, oh, <laughs> Satan, now it was like 
super serious. After all, <laughs> the, <laughs> wow, Cassie, you're learning. <laughs> <laughs> so, Summoning. <laughs> Just kidding. After all, Dead no. was the most metal of all of these guys now because he didn't just talk about dying all the time. He actually did it, which would make the rest of the guys on the scene posers. I agree. What a bunch of bitches. Yeah, go kill yeah. yourselves. Like, don't take that out of <laughs> no, context. No, please don't. I didn't mean it. That was a joke. <laughs> Uh, there were people who didn't think that Euronymous's capitalization of death suicide was a great idea. Um, one of those being his bandmate, Necro Butcher, who was devastated by the loss. Uh, I have a quote here from Necro Butcher about Euronymous breaking the news to him. Oystein called me up the next day and says, Dead has done something really cool. Really he cute. killed himself. I thought, have you lost it? What do you mean cool? He says, relax, I have photos of everything. I was in shock and grief. He was just thinking about how to exploit it. So I told him, okay, don't even fucking call me before you destroy those pictures. Yeah, Necro Butcher in an article from 2019 told Loudersound.net that he himself wanted to kill Euronymous for the exploitation of their friend's death. He said further, imagine that somebody you think is your friend coming home, finding your other friend killed themselves and took pictures of their dead body. Who the fuck in their right mind would do anything like that? Everybody should have the little bit of intelligence to know that. That's got to be something somebody completely stirred from empathy and normal emotions and a really bad fucking person. But now he's a fucking hero and it's like, okay, I've always talked good about him, but this has gone too far now. But you still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. And, and, you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Know what I mean? So do do your homies uh got a role in your, in your little, you mean? Yeah, yeah. We all, we all artists over here, man. I'm trying, oh, yeah, I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. yeah. Damn, me, me, yo, look, 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 we all artists, man. We go, you feel me? We going to have this, like. Bro, me and my man, like me and my man Kai, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this <laughs> shit right now. I gotta lie, we play with this shit right now for for. Oh, I gotta lie, don't play with it. Play with it. No. Take that shit serious. So I was going to mention it. It, it does sound like Euronymous may have had something going on upstairs. Uh, well, with the total lack of empathy yeah, there, yeah, he's a psychopath. And, uh, you know, some think it was just his way of dealing with the situation, as fucked up as it was. Uh, I'm not a brain person. Nor but does he claim to have one. No, I do not. Uh, yeah, you know, but I'm thinking he may have had some kind of sociopathy or psychopathy. Yeah. Um, Necro Butcher was pissed that Euronymous didn't even want to go to the funeral and didn't approve of how he made light of the whole situation. Um, so at that point, Necro Butcher severed all ties with Euronymous. Uh, with nobody to stand in his way, Euronymous started to become even more serious about what was and what was not metal. This became the second wave of black metal. Euronymous claimed that for a band to be black metal, they had to be satanic. And if they weren't, then they were life metal. Yeah, you fucking nerds and your life metal. Yeah. It honestly sounds like the genre name for if Christians wanted to get like an excuse to play metal music. Creed? Yeah. Um, Striper? Is that anyway. Christian metal? They're, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I'll look it up. I thought it was I'll a look fish. It up. <laughs> I'll look it up before I publish this, and if I'm right, then I'll leave it in. All right. Black metal, musici black metal musicians should worship Satan and hate life, no matter what kind of music they actually played. Like, he didn't care so much about the sound of it, which is interesting, because to me, black metal is a particular sound. That, For him, yeah, that was a... 
yeah. big focal point of that specific type of metal is the sound and the look and all right. that. Well, he was like, no, no, no. If you don't worship Satan, then you're a bitch and a poser. Uh, all right. Mm. And he didn't even fucking worship Satan. Dumbass. Anyways, Euronymous, as annoying and whiny as he was, he did play a big role in creating the black metal scene and a hub for all of the nerds to congregate at. In 1991, he opened a record store called Helvete. And that is Swedish for hell. You know, just in case you're outside of uh, Sweden. Which most of our listeners yeah. are, although we do have a significant amount of people up in um, Scandinavia. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, very imaginative and concise, the name, i got to say. Uh, he also uh, started his record label, Death Like Silence Productions, uh, which was based at Helvetii. Yes. The record store would not only be a place to share music, it was also where many black metal musicians would sleep and party. So Varg Vikernes lived in the basement of Helvetii, but we'll get to him later. So what's a black metal party like? It's that little video of all the goth slash icp kids raving in the basement yeah they're well no the ones where they're under that bridge and they're just like (laughs) slapping the air and stuff that one sure no no that's (laughs) definitely not it and they're coming for you that's um so half of the people at a black metal party would be pissed drunk the other half would be antisocial i partially disagree with that why would they be antisocial and go to a party. So it's their version of being social where they go, but they don't talk to anybody. They go sit in a corner. That's your kind that of social. That sounds like my kind of party. Mm. Jake's Let me party. in. <laughs> <laughs> Let me I'm in. I'm outside right now. Let me in. <laughs> and I won't talk to any of you, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> so people would self-harm, apparently driving spikes into their heads, Mm-mm. needles in their arms, breaking bottles over their own heads, all in good fun. Sure. Yeah. When they weren't partying, they were selling or uh, they were selling and donating reasonably priced records. Indeed, nothing like a nice spike in your head to alleviate the rigors of a long, hard day of selling reasonably priced <laughs> records. <laughs> Thank you for your <laughs> summation of that. Uh, they, of course, had to sell more than just black metal because, like, who's going to buy it? Um, but the store provided a scene for kids to hang out and discover new music, drink, smoke and socialize. So it's basically the Mickey Mouse Club. Mm-hmm. Less dancing, I think. No, Probably. slam dancing. What the fuck is slam dancing? <laughs> I I think it... Is that the... I think it's like Sorry, hardcore. Sorry, I lost my headphones. I think that's like the hardcore where they swing in their elbows and shit and like... Oh, those They're guys? literally slamming through the air. No, I don't okay. think, I don't think these guys move around. I don't think they move around a whole lot. I think they're more of a sedentary group. Anyways, this environment combined with the lack of friends from before meant that Euronymous could portray himself any way that he wanted. So like all the people who knew him when he was a little fucking nerd weren't around to tell everybody this guy's a bitch yeah um so he got to pretend that he was actually really cool uh there was nobody to call him out for being a poser so he ended up convincing all the black metal kids that he was cool as shit and somebody to be respected and looked up to later on his old bandmate Mannheim called Euronymous out for being normal on the phone one day and then talking about burning churches once somebody from Helvetti showed up he played up the satanism and evil because it was good for the media but nobody ever recalled him actually preaching satanic beliefs. Right. He's just a troll. Yeah. We mentioned it before, but it's all just a show. No one generally actually believes all of this nonsense. It's just a middle finger to the man. Yeah, but he's like the loudest one preaching it. Like, you need to believe in worship and Satan and blah, blah, blah. And then he doesn't actually do it. He's just. Yeah. Yeah. The way the way everybody else talked about him was like he would go sit in his record store and eat like beef jerky and yeah. drink drink a coke or whatever and just be like a fucking nerd and yeah he's a loser <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyways 
So we mentioned Varg before, and shit, I don't know how to say his fucking name. I'm just going to say Vikernus. So if that's not correct, it's probably not. Now you know who I'm talking about. It's this guy. So with that introduction laid, it's time to introduce him. Varg Vikernus, a.k.a. Count Grishnok, born as Christian Vikernus. Princess of Genovia. Nope. <laughs> nope. That is far from okay. it. Um, he was from Bergen, Norway, not Oslo, where the scene was happening. So he was quite a distance away. Varg had previously been in Old Funeral, a death metal group, but gravitated towards black metal after meeting the guys from Mayhem. Varg had apparently gifted the shotgun shells that eventually killed dead. That's a terrible thing to brag about. Yeah. Um, so Varg created a one-man band, Burzum, which Euronymous signed to his Deathlike Silence Productions. When you say one-man band, I, I'm picturing him as like Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins, where he's got the one-man band mechanical drum on his back and the accordion and the harmonica, harmonica and the horns and stuff. Speaking of Mary Poppins, get on YouTube and look up Mary Poppins sings death metal. I know it's not black metal, but it's fucking amazing. It's on Andy Refelt's channel. It's weird. Andy Refelt, look up that channel. Mary Poppins sings death metal. You will not be disappointed. It is so good. All right. So Varg was also invited to play on bass when Necro Butcher couldn't make practice. In many ways, Varg was similar to Euronymous. They were both really obsessed with spreading evil and sadness and death, and they would go to whatever extent they had to be the most metal. In 1990, yeah, I know. Oh my god! In 1992, a church burning was pinned on Varg. Bergen's 12th century Fantoft stave church was burned to the ground. And rumors spread that it had been at Varg's hand. Whether or not he did it was never officially proven, but he did use an image of the Burning Church as the cover of his album Ask. Which is ashes mm. in what fucking language they speak? Um, Norwegian. Swedish? Swedish. Oslo, Norway, Norwegian. Fuck. Yeah, they're Norwegian. Okay. Did they take the photos of this church with their disposable camera as well? Probably. Mm. This prompted an onslaught of church burnings across Norway. Varg was later found guilty for playing a role in three of them. He wasn't the only one involved, obviously, but he was the one with the biggest mouth and would often go around bragging about all that he had done. He sounds like I hate him. Yeah, you would definitely hate him. I think that goes without saying. (laughs) He's a bit of a D-bag. So uh, Varg, a.k.a. Count Grishnach. Of Genovia. (laughs) Yes. Called in uh, a local newspaper reporter for an interview about six months after the Fantoff burning and claimed that the black metal scene was responsible for about eight church burnings so far, and he had declared war on Christianity and Norwegian society. We'll get into some of that uh, into more detail on that in a bit. Yes, so Varg committed this act because he disagreed with the fact that Christianity was basically forced on the people of Norway. They were automatically labeled Christian, at birth and had to opt out if they believed otherwise. Varg claimed to identify as a Viking, even though he didn't believe it in a religious sense, just cultural. Part of the popular image of Vikings is that they were all pagans with a hatred of the Christian church. Hell yeah. But this view is very misleading. It's true that almost the entire population of Scandinavia was pagan at the beginning of the Viking age, but the Vikings had many gods and it was no problem for them to accept Christian gods alongside their own. Most scholars today believe that Viking attacks on Christian churches had nothing to do with religion, but more to do with the fact that monasteries were typically both wealthy and poorly defended, making them an easy target for plunder. Booty. Yeah. Uh, I was actually watching. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually watching a documentary. I think it was called. uh... 
church the booty. Vikings. <laughs> church booty, booty, booty the everywhere. Vikings TV show. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Put it on the playlist. <laughs> no, it was uh, the, the Vikings' last voyage or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they actually talked about how uh, uh, Christianity, surprisingly, didn't just like show up on Scandinavia's doorstep and like like just destroy everybody and, and say, hey, you're Christian now. The Vikings actually kind of absorbed Christianity and mm-hmm. and mainly to get in on trading yeah. as they were huge traders and, and to get in with the Christian people to trade with them, you kind of had to transform yourself or become Christian basically. Yeah. And so those traders would come back and it slowly started spreading like when they would come back home and tell people about Jesus, it wasn't like Jesus, the, you know, soft, kind, you know, gentle Jesus. It was like Jesus, the fucking Viking Jesus. warrior like, just came through and conquered. Every- yeah, basically. But it, they slowly absorbed it into their culture. It wasn't like a, hmm. a sudden, you know, okay. holy war type of deal. Well, here is a quote from Varg. He says, the church has behaved so disgracefully, basely and cruelly in Norway. It's incredible. When they talk about Satanism, when somebody burns a church, they ought to look at themselves and all the sacred places that they have burnt and the ruins on top of which they have built their churches. Not to agree with the dude because he's a complete asshole, but he does have a point right here, in my opinion. Yeah, but it's not an eye for an eye scenario, buddy. But like, also, it's not burnt church for burnt church. Like, we're not doing that. Why not? Burn them all! (laughs) You have fun with that. Uh, I I think there's been a push in Scandinavia to kind of return or at least be allowed to return to their pagan beliefs. Um, I know we have some people out there that way are, that are listening. Maybe you can let us know on our fans page. Um, I feel like there might not be a separation of church and state there, you know, like we have it here in the States, which is always, uh, to me at least, a terrible, terrible idea. What? Separation of church and state? Or no, you mean not to, to have not, that separation. Yeah, okay. it, to me, it's a very terrible idea. That's just, that leads to... Uh, uh, fucked up Dictatorships laws. and, yeah, fucked up laws like that. People getting... Arrested and put in jail because they believe something different is fucking stupid. Back to the story. Uh, Mannheim and Euronymous both understood the symbolism behind the church burnings, but they didn't want to do it because you go to prison. Uh, You don't actually take down the organization of religion by burning down churches, but it pisses people, people off, which is cool. Ultimately, though, it brings people closer to the church. So is it really worth it? Yeah, if anything, it's advertising for the church to be like, look what these Satan worshipers are doing. And if you don't come to church, you'll end up like them. It yeah. just makes the metal dudes look worse. It, it, it makes the church the victim. So people start to sympathize with right. them. So you're not really accomplishing your goal. Mm, yeah. And I guess it's not really a fun fact. But in the 90s, there were 25 total church fires, some from arsonists, some from arsonists claiming Satanism, and also electrical failures and lighting issues. However, two dozen of the fires and attempted arsons were attributed to the back back metal. <laughs> they only play with their backs. Um, attributed to the black metal scene. From what I read, the Fantoff Stave Church uh, fire was initially yeah. blamed on uh, lightning strikes and electrical fa- mm-hmm. failures, stuff like that. And from 2000 to 2010, there were only eight church fires in between 2010, and now there have only been seven so yeah arson is down which is good that is good but it makes you wonder like how many of them were actually from the black metal kids and how many of them were like copycat people that were like sure we could totally go burn down like a bunch of teenagers like let's yeah. burn down this church and we'll blame it on them and well, we won't get in trouble a lot of the black metal scene was a bunch of teenagers, teenagers. <laughs> so yeah. there you go so okay all right now it's time to get to another murder and this one is super random yeah it's super random but it's a part of the murders that happened 
Um, it's not one of our main characters that's going to die, but it's fucked up. So let's get into that. Um, sorry if this is kind of dicey. This one just kind of happened and we got to get it in the timeline. So you know who Euronymous and Varg are. Now we're talking about Faust. Faust was the drummer for Thorns and Emperor. And he was just 18, like we said, a bunch of fucking teenagers, mm-hmm. when he committed murder for no apparent reason. So he was walking through the Olympic Park in Lillehammer when a gay man allegedly approached and propositioned him. The man invited him to the woods to suck his dick or whatever. And once they were out there, Faust stabbed him 37 times with a pen knife. Mm. He then went to leave the scene, but he heard the man still making noises. So he returned to kick him in the head and ensure that he was actually dead. No. Then mm. Faust went to his mom's house, cleaned himself up, and fell asleep. All of these dudes are fucking psychopaths. All right. So Faust didn't really have a reason to do any of this. He suggested it was out of his own morbid curiosity. He had decided to kill the poor guy as soon as he agreed to enter the woods with him. Like a fucking psycho, he said... It's the kind of thing I've always dreamt about doing. I killed this man just to see what it was like. It wasn't even a hate crime. Like it wasn't, he wasn't like, oh, I hate gay people and I'm going to kill you because you're gay. He just was like, I'll go into the woods with you. Fuck it. I'll just kill him. Yeah. The media obviously linked the murder with black metal and suggested he was uh, motivated by Satanism, fascism, and homophobia. In interviews over the years, like you just mentioned, you know, he, he's denied these claims. Uh, He says he had an interest in Satanism, but really didn't give a shit either way. Gall, who we mentioned at the beginning of part one. (laughs) Thanks, Cassie. Is openly gay and says Faust was the first one to send uh, him a message of support after coming out. Yeah, so he just did it because he's a fucking asshole. I kind of believe that. Like, he didn't seem to have real motivation other than he just, like he just said, he he just wanted wanted to do it. Yeah fucked up it's um, really fucked up so faust returned back to oslo the next day and told varg and Euronymous what had happened he wanted to turn himself in but they urged him not to they instead went to burn down the holman colon chapel because of course Euronymous thought that this murder was the best thing ever for black metal That's <laughs> also if you came to me alex and told me yes that you had just killed someone just to see what it was like i would not be able to dial 911 fast enough like that's or crazy. would you be like, let's grab the keys. Time to burn a church down. No. Cherry on no. top. I'm like, straight to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Do not pass I will go. take you there myself. <laughs> yeah. So, Or I'd be like, what's wrong with you? We're going to check you into a psych ward or something. I don't know. That's no, crazy. Well, that's that's appropriate. That's an appropriate response. But sure. now if I ever do kill someone, I'm not going to you because you're going to rat me out. I'm yeah. not going to kill anybody. <laughs> let's just leave it at that. Okay, so the murder news spread throughout the scene, and because of Varg's big fucking mouth, there started to finally be some consequences for everyone's actions. It's said that Varg and a couple of his friends did an anonymous interview where Varg was referred to by his stage name, Count Grishnak. Of Genovia. And claimed to have burnt the churches and killed the guy in Lillehammer. Yeah, a crime reporter who's named Finn Bjorn Toder had picked up the story and heard talk that Varg was behind the church burning, so he hit him up for an interview, and of course, Varg was eager for the opportunity to brag. Well, he's dumb, because then you're just going to have the confession in print. Yeah, he's a fucking idiot. Well, sort of. They may have uh, just claimed to know who had done it. So the the exact story, did they actually claim that they did it, or did they just say that they knew who did it? Yeah. Right. So Varg ended up talking about the church burnings. He gave specific details of animal sacrifice that had not 
been released to the public. He talked about the murder in Lillehammer, which otherwise would have probably gone unsolved because it was completely random. And random murders like that, I mean, how are you supposed to make a connection? It was in a park in the middle of the fucking night mm-hmm. and no evidence, no story, no nothing. Um, the day that the article was released, Varg was arrested. Necro Butcher said he was 19 years old and thought it would be good promotion for the album. What? So he straight up said the murder was him too? Like he took the blame for that or he just got pulled in on the mm, other? I think he got pulled in for the church burnings and okay. shit. And then um, he, they were like, yeah. he ratted out Faust, basically. They found Varg before the article printed, I believe. They found him using an, uh, an address on a Burzum flyer. Uh, the Popo rounded up and arrested a bunch of people from the black metal scene, including Necro Butcher, who was blamed for two of the attacks. And according to him, he and Hellhammer were against the church burnings. Who's which we... Hellhammer? Where's this he's guy? From, he's from part one. You already forgot? Yeah. Well, I mean, Good Necro grief. Butcher seems to be like the only decent person in this fucking yeah, community. That's true. Everything that I read about Necro Butcher was that he's not... An asshole. He's, <laughs> he, yeah, it was all Euronymous and it was all Varg. And he's just like... I just want to play black metal here, guys. Like yeah. nobody needs Stop to die. Stop fighting, you children. <laughs> Stop burning shit down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was he the only one that was like twenty, and everyone else was like eighteen? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember how old he was, but um. So after this arrest, Varg was detained for six weeks and claimed that the whole interview was bullshit and just to make them look cool. He also claimed that the whole interview was Euronymous's idea, which isn't too far out of the question because his record shop hadn't really been doing so well, and they wanted to promote it. Like, everything they were doing is for publicity. Burzum, which was Varg's band, didn't have money to do a second pressing of his album, and apparently the whole thing was just to drum up some press so they could get money for more records. One week later, Helvetti closed, and Varg spent six weeks in prison. That's it? Yeah, it was just lack of evidence. Uh, They talked a lot of shit, but the police couldn't really physically connect them to it so all right so now there's beef between euronymous and varg obviously uh it's not really surprising that with all of the shocking statements euronymous and other black metalers would make to the press that there were some death threats thrown in as well but do you really take a death threat seriously from a bunch of fucking nerds that'll say anything to be edgy euronymous had made threats before once to malcolm dome who was a metal journalist what Euronymous said specifically was that Dome would not live beyond the weekend. Euronymous had also gotten into some trouble for attacking a man with a broken glass bottle at a bus stop. Ugh. He also claimed to scare a fanzine writer into moving to Chicago after allegedly poisoning him. Euronymous said that this writer, not Malcolm Dome that I just mentioned, had ingested poison at his own hand, but the poison wasn't strong enough. It just caused him a lot of physical pain. And he would probably get cancer if Euronymous didn't kill him first. So were they writing bad things about the band? Because what's the point of tormenting people that are actually promoting and writing about your band? To promote evil, sadness, and death and trying to be (laughs) the most metal of all metalheads. Okay. (laughs) That's the reason. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they have no friends. They got to piss everybody off. It's so silly. I think they figure that. No publicity is bad publicity. And if you're scaring these people, then they're going to talk about it. And then you get more publicity. Which they did. So here we are doing this episode right now. Yeah, they definitely got talked about. (laughs) Shit, it worked. Yeah. (laughs) But I think that we can take a lot of what Euronymous says with a grain of salt. Yeah. He's a little ass bitch. And of all people, Varg must have known this. Nevertheless, a rift was developing between the two. Varg did not like the way that Euronymous leaned politically, which was towards communism. Plus, he apparently owed Varg money. 
Hmm. Combine that with the arrest and taking the fall for the church burning interview. The competition between the two would soon turn violent. It came out later that Euronymous and Varg apparently were sleeping with the same woman. Eskimo brothers! They're wiener cousins! <laughs> yeah. Was that this episode that we just talked about that? Nope. That oh. was the last one. It all comes first. So <laughs> first circle. <laughs> it was the mini episode yeah. from this past Monday with Ozzy Osbourne, right? Yeah, I believe no, so. No, no, no. It was Katie two weeks Perry. ago. It was Katy Perry and Taylor Swift, wiener cousins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Mark and Euronymous found out that they were also wiener cousins. If you don't know what that is, that's when you have sex with the same person. That... Your family tree expands. Anyways, um, where the fuck was I? Okay, Varg apparently wrote a letter talking shit to Euronymous, and he had had enough. Euronymous allegedly allegedly asked the woman if he should go kill Varg or try and get him convicted for the fires. He was apparently going to attempt to electrocute Varg. Uh, well, maybe not electrocute. I read that Euronymous planned to stun Varg with basically a taser, then tie him up and maybe torture him to death while taping the whole thing. Maybe that got lost in translation. Possibly. <laughs> Tra- but electrocution versus tasing. People say electrocute a lot when they really mean, like, tase or zap. or zap. Yeah. Just zap. I'm going to buy a bunch of bug zappers yeah. and stick people's fingers in it. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, tasers produce high voltage but low current. They can still hurt you and cause injuries, but they are survivable. It's kind of the same thing like an electric fence. It'll zap you, but you'll be fine. If you get electrocuted, you're dead. Oh. It only takes 100 to 200 milliamps or 0.1 to 0.2 amps. Right. So don't go sticking forks in your outlets at home because that can kill you. What about people that get struck by lightning? People live. High voltage, low amps. There's so much voltage. I mean, I don't know the difference. There's there's in a a lightning strike, you can have I don't know. (laughs) Oh my god, that scared the shit out of me. It was (laughs) lightning. Sorry, it was just a sneeze. The new colon cleanse. Oh my no. Yeah, listening to your friends sneeze through your face. Oh, scared the shit shit out of you. Jesus Christ. Wow, I missed that. Uh. Was like straight over my dumb fucking head. Yeah, no, light, lightning strikes are, uh, I don't know the exact numbers, but they can be hundreds of thousands of volts, but they don't produce a lot of current. So okay, the current is what kills you, not okay. the voltage. That's amps. Yes, amps is current. All right, gotcha. A little, uh, little uh, science lesson I there. hope my science teachers never listen to this because nothing that they taught me stuck. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's so, why I'm here. Thanks, Jake. So the, the news of... Euronymous's death threats reached Varg, allegedly after a phone call to Snore Blackthorn Rudge. These, I'm sorry, I'm fucking these names up. It's S-N-O-R-R-E. I'm going to call him Snore. Yeah. Or Blackthorn. Of Thorns, who is also signed to Euronymous's label, Death Like Silence Productions. So Varg claims that a call was placed from Euronymous to Snore, where Varg then eavesdropped on Euronymous's plans to kill him. Snore explained that the call maybe happened, but he didn't take it seriously at all. It's like saying you're going to kill anyone. Snore did admit that he didn't know some of the previous beef between the two. Now, Varg took the threat seriously and decided to act on it in his own self-defense. On August 9th, 1993, Varg decided to act driving seven to eight hours from Bergen to Oslo, where Euronymous lived. 
He brought two people with him, Snore, who was on the phone call, and an unnamed third person, who both say later that they knew what was going to happen. Varg also brought with him his record contract and various knives, axes, and a bat. Yep. It, it's a bit ridiculous. You need to keep in mind that they're still in their early 20s. Like It's like watching one of MTV's stupid reality shows, you know, minus the church burnings and murder. This would make a very interesting reality TV show. I'd watch it. The group got to Euronymous's place at 3 a.m. on August 10th, and Varg rang the bell, asking for Euronymous to let him in and discuss the contract. So the other two stayed in the car. Seems like an odd hour to be bugging somebody about a contract. Yeah, but I don't know like what these guys' sleeping habits were. They probably loved the darkness and night, so maybe it wasn't that weird. I'm mm. not sure. Slept during the day, and then they were prowling throughout the... His name is Varg. I mean, he clearly seems to... Varg wants to suck your blood. (laughs) (laughs) So Snorri and the third person, they stayed outside. Euronymous was dressed in his undies while Varg had strapped several knives to himself. Now, since the only account of this we have is Varg's, we can't be sure if what happened next was actually in self-defense. Varg claims that the two argued. Euronymous ran into the kitchen for a knife. And um, to protect himself from a half-awake and half-naked man, Varg had to stab Euronymous over and over again. Varg stabbed Euronymous in the back, neck, and head, which is also not really conducive to self-defense. Yeah, yeah. it's also not self-defense. If you plan to take someone out first because you heard them making threats towards you, that's premeditated murder at that point. Yeah, you literally showed up on his doorstep and then came into his house, and then started stabbing him in the back. I don't really see that as self-defense, even if (laughs) he's been making threats. If somebody's been making threats to you, death threats, then it's not up to you to now take it into your own hands. You call the cops and you report it or whatever. Yeah. So Euronymous ran out into the stairwell of the building, passing Snore, who was so shocked at the sight that he blacked out. Are you sure he wasn't asleep? Because he was snoring. Okay. <laughs> Good one, Cassie. <laughs> okay. Um, so I looked it up, and I'm, I'm not going to be able to pronounce half of this, but bear with me. Vasovagal syncope is one of the most common causes of fainting. In this situation, the balance between the chemicals, adrenaline and acetylcholine, is disrupted. Adrenaline stimulates the body, including making the heartbeat faster and the blood cells narrower, thereby increasing blood pressure. Um, acetylcholine does the opposite when the vagus nerve is stimulated um, excess acetylcholine is released the heart rate slows and the blood vessels dilate making it harder for blood to defeat gravity and be pumped to the brain so this temporary decrease in blood flow to the brain causes fainting episodes so like if you stand up too fast is that what that is when you kind of like ooh, blood rush to the head kind of black out that's what i'm imagining like where you just kind of black out i've never st- stood up too fast and then passed out what you don't get a little dizzy I mean, I've gotten dizzy. I would just assume. That, Eat the like, mic. I can't I'm so, hear. Sorry. I'm like snotty and everything's falling out. <laughs> her, her I'm a mess. Okay. Her headphones are falling off. Her snot's falling out of her nose. <laughs> All right. I need to take my allergy medicine. I'm allergic to your <clears throat> bullshit. <laughs> sorry. Goddamn. All right. So. They left his body on the stairs, and Euronymous was found that morning, presumably by neighbors. Varg and Blackthorn had obviously left the scene and drove back to Bergen, uh, stopping at a lake to dispose of his bloody clothing. Wow, that is so premeditated, dude. Euronymous was only 25 years old when he died. Varg claims that Euronymous died at the scene from the stab wound to the head, but Mannheim said that he apparently would have died from blood loss anyways. After a lamp broke in their whole scuffle... 
the shards cut the main artery in his foot. So he would have bled out. Hmm. Okay. The account I read didn't go into so much detail, but did mention Ronimus had sustained injuries from uh, some broken glass. Mm -hmm. Uh, Supposedly, he was stabbed 23 times, two to the head, five to the neck, and 16 in the back. Varg said he stabbed him so hard in the head that his knife stuck, but there wasn't any evidence to support that claim. Yeah. I mean, again, we're listening to a dude who will say anything to seem cool. So, yeah, Uh, Varg has since commented... Well, the guy I murdered, he tried to kill me, but obviously he didn't manage. Ha ha ha. So I killed him instead. It wasn't what I would call direct self-defense because he was no real threat there and then. I could have beaten him up and kicked him out in the street, but I killed him. If I didn't kill him then, then he would have tried again. There was no point in giving him a second chance. It's premeditated, you asshole. Yeah, that's like, he he's too stupid to even pretend that he didn't do it on purpose. Yeah. There were several other people who knew of Euronymous's plan or threat to kill Varg, but he's shown no remorse for the act. He claims it wasn't necessarily premeditated, mm. even though he strapped fucking knives to his arms and legs, whatever, uh, that he was just going to go beat the shit out of him. But as soon as Euronymous allegedly went to his kitchen for a knife, Varg had to kill him. Or he could have just left. If this dude doesn't get jail time, I'll be pissed. Oh, just wait. Yeah. Initially, nobody knew who committed the murder. People started to freak out, and many were upset that their friend and mentor, Euronymous, had been murdered. People started suspecting that it was Varg, though, because he was acting weird in the following days. But he did set up an alibi, which is a further admission of guilt. You know, you could plead insanity or some shit like that. But once you start throwing away your clothes and you're setting up an alibi, now you know that what you're doing is wrong. Right. Or what you did is wrong. So you're basically admitting that you're guilty. Whatever. Varg had a friend rent a video, like a DVD or what? What do they do? That? No. no, it wasn't a DVD. It was a fucking tape. It was, it's 1990. Yeah. A VHS. VHS. So he had a friend go uh, rent a, disc. <laughs> a videotape <laughs> and use his debit card so to like place him somewhere else at an ATM mm-hmm. um, in Bergen. I think that's where the mystery third person comes in that you mentioned earlier. You said Varg brought two people with him but it was just him and blackthorn the third guy was still in bergen setting up the alibi not at least that's read okay so we read two different things yeah there's so the thing about this this whole a lot of the details of this whole story are are kind of all over the place i kept running into that like they're very not they don't quite line up but if you read enough of the story from enough different sources you can kind of piece it together yeah because obviously this wasn't covered by like mainstream media or anything and a lot of the sources that are available now were also translated to English from Norwegian or whatever. So, and this is like in the 90s, it's a bunch of fucking people that nobody's nobody had really like heard of. So, the account that I read was from Snor in like their court transcripts or whatever. Mm-hmm. The, in the book that I used right. for my main source, he said there was a third person in the vehicle, but that person for whatever reason, maybe because he was underage at the time, was never named. Um, he was just there, but he he wasn't a part of any of it in any way. He was just there. And I think it was just like a kid or something. Yeah, I didn't read anything like that. That's why I was thinking that maybe that was the mix up the third person. But uh, so there was technically four people in that. That were involved, I guess, Mm -hmm. because there were two in the car with him. And then, um. The guy setting up the alibi. That's from what I understand. Now, if anybody has any decisive information on that, let us know. But the book that I read said there was somebody in in the car, but for some reason their name was never released. Yeah. So anyways, 
Farg's a fucking dumbass. He didn't even he he thought this through so much, but didn't really think it through. He like went through his clothes away, but he also did not wear gloves during this whole e- encounter with Euronymous. So his fingerprints were in blood all over the scene. And to make matters worse, he left his fucking Burzum contract signed and dated mm. in the apartment. <laughs> so he he told on himself and then with yeah. all the evidence told on himself again. He's stupid. Yeah. So, of course, with Bar- with Varg's big-ass mouth, he couldn't keep the news to himself either. The very next day, he called Lee Barnett of Candlelight Records and told him about Euronymous's death, basically giddy with excitement. He blamed it on the Finnish black metalers, but nobody even knew about the death yet because it had only just been discovered by police. So it wasn't even out there, and he's telling people, oh, can you believe this happened? The cops started questioning everybody in the black metal scene, And they all started spilling the beans on all the crimes that were being committed, which were plentiful. Everyone was ratting on each other, and it led to convictions for church burnings, Faust's conviction for the murder at the park, and uh, he got 14 years for that. Yeah, he ended up doing a little over nine years and was was released for good behavior in 03. Yeah, uh, convictions are way different overseas than they are in America. We'll get to that, I think, here in a minute, if I (laughs) recall. So after the trial for Varg, Snore, or Blackthorn, seemed to give a pretty honest testimony that contradicted that of Varg's heat-of-the-moment self-defense claim. Snor held that he and Euronymous, they weren't really on good terms either, that he and the third person knew that Varg would kill him, and they just kind of rode along in the car with him without trying to stop him. So Varg was sentenced to 21 years, which is the longest possible sentence in Norway. They nabbed him for the murder and added on the church burnings as well as possession of explosives. He had 150 kilos of dynamite. And then he also got charged for the ammunition. Um, there was like a plan. He had to blow up a cathedral. So he had a bunch of ammo. I read on the, the old L Wikipedia, he was going to blow up a place called Blitz House. Mm-hmm. That, that place was like a weird anarchist something or other mm-hmm. punk place or some crap like that. Varg served only about 15 of his 21-year sentence and was released in May 2009 on parole. Uh, Varg is quite a character himself and is into Odinism, which is modern paganism, uh, and esoteric Nazism, which is a range of mystical interpretations and adaptations of Nazism. I didn't read much into it at all because it was stupid and boring. Uh, he had a YouTube channel for several years that had amassed about 250,000 followers, but it was taken down in 2019 after they took an aggressive stance on removing, quote, videos alleging that a group is superior in order to justify discrimination, segregation, or exclusion. Last words he's, is that he is living in France with his wife and way, 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 way too many children. How many is way too many? Like five. Oh. Well, that's Two not is that too many. many. I know. I knew. Yeah, I thought you were going to say he's got like seventeen kids, and then no, he's like, he, well, he's, these are Jake's standards he's, of way he's too got many a, kids. He's got a group. So a group of kids. I do remember his YouTube channel. Um, I didn't watch it, but I remember yeah, <laughs> hearing he, about it. But yeah. they took it down because he's a fucking Nazi. So there is another channel that reposted his videos, and I think they may be getting through in a loophole saying that it's for possibly educational purposes i don't know i didn't look into it but I could see somebody that. is re- yeah what not there, to do yeah <laughs> maybe but there is one i don't recall the name of the channel but if you if you guys are curious look it up it's on youtube look look for varg count grishnak whatever the fuck you want to call him of Genopia. and you can find his reposted videos up there interesting 
All right, so after this, the black metal scene overwhelmingly turned against Varg to support Euronymous, while Snorri's reputation went unscathed, probably because his words led to a strong conviction, and he seemed to be a pretty honest guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad for his testimony, but if you hang out with the guilty party and don't try to stop anything, it also makes you an accessory at that point. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, he did end up getting eight years oh, good. for <laughs> participating as such, so. Yeah. <laughs> with Euronymous's death, the black metal inner circle also also seemed to die. The kids had to start hiding and only staying in places for one or two nights. Like they were, you see a black metal kid, you know, they're fucking black metal kids. So they were too obvious. They were getting threatened in the streets and they would have the police show up and raid their homes without a leader. The scene split, but while the events were tragic and ended up making black metal infamous, that's essentially what they always wanted to be put on the map for being the most extreme. Or not. It's kind of a confusing bunch. Uh, it seems Euronymous wanted the attention for the scene, but for the guys like Gaul, who were mentioned at the beginning of the first episode, it wasn't meant to be a thing for everyone. Yeah. Euronymous was trying to promote the black metal scene and get attention, and the guys that kind of first started it were like, it's not it's about not, that. It's not for that. We yeah. don't want this to be commercially successful. It's an exclusive yeah. group. This is like our thing. Like we need to, you know, this is preserve this it is for us. Keep it a small circle is kind of what they wanted. Yeah. I thought the name Lilyhammer sounded incredibly familiar. Uh, and then I remembered it. They hosted the 1994 Winter Olympics. So a bit of a recap here. Dead killed himself in April 91. Euronymous opened the record store the following month in, in May 91. Fantoff Stave Church burned a year later in June 92. Faust murdering the random guy happened two months later in August of 92. And then Euronymous was murdered a year later in August of 93. The Winter Olympics were held in February of 94. So all of this shit in the black metal scene happened within three years and right on the heels of the Olympics. And also keep in mind, everyone was still young. They were like 18 to 25 with within these this three or four year span when all this shit happened, all the church God. burnings, all the murders... Yeah. It's just fucking it's ridiculous. It's wild how quickly like that blew up and now it's seriously it's international news or it's going to live on in international infamy. It's crazy that black metal even exists still. You know, you'd think that after yeah. that it just kind of like it started up really fast and then it burned out really fucking fast. Mm -hmm. But that'll happen when you kill everybody in your fucking scene. <laughs> <Right>. So <laughs> I don't know what the goal was. There, yeah. But. I, I, you know, when you boil it down, it... it it was really just a group of kids that created something and just got carried away. And we're talking, you know, this scene was not that big. I, I don't, I wouldn't imagine it's more than maybe like 100, people. yeah, 50, 100 people maybe. Yeah. And all of this shit happened. And while a lot of the main characters here weren't involved in the church burnings for the most part, I know a couple of them were involved in a few of them, but not all of them. I think a lot of the other church burnings might have just been other kids right who were fans and in that group and were like hey look what we did you know mm -hmm. that kind of a deal it's such a weird story it's a bizarre yeah. series of events that happened just got and, carried uh, away cassie what are your thoughts i don't want to hang out with any of them <laughs> <laughs> you want to hang out with count grishnak no no um, gall <laughs> i don't know necro butcher seems like he'd be pretty yeah cool. he seems i like fine. him hellhammer's cool too yeah. I'd hang out with those guys. Necro, the rest of them. Necro Butcher, Hellhammer, Gaul. They, they all seem like they'd be pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So our next um, our next podcast photo shoot, we're going to do Corpse Paint. You down? No. I had Cassie once. We went to a Kiss concert. 
That was and, fun, um, but it was hot. It was so hot. It was like a hundred degrees, and it was so humid. And we put on. Um, <laughs> we used acrylic paint to paint our faces. I was Peter Chris, and she was Ace Freely. And um, yeah, it just peeled. It peeled all up around our nose and mouth because you're so not supposed hot. to paint your skin with acrylic paint. It was just disgusting. It was really fucking <laughs> gross. And then we tried to like repaint it, and we were so sweaty that it wouldn't it dry. Didn't matter. Yeah. It was gross. I'll have to find some of those pictures and post them up. <laughs> there was one. It was a long time one ago. One right after it happened. And it looked, we looked cute for like Five maybe minutes. 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, that's, that is part two of the black metal murders. And, um, that, that was an episode that was very highly requested. Like we put out a poll in our Facebook group last year asking what you guys wanted for season four. I wanted to cover this one, but I didn't think anybody would want to hear it. And everybody voted for this one. Even my mom. So... <laughs> I don't know <laughs> why. Year, I, I she think also she was... Googled two girls, one cup. So, yeah. so oh, I don't know geez. if she has the best judgment yeah. call. <laughs> she also made me, so. <laughs> True. Clearly not the best judgment. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but thank you guys for listening to this. Make sure you go look at our website because my sister made us a new website. It is deathbypodcastteam.com. And it's pretty cool. You can like send us messages up there or um, buy a t-shirt or read our bios. And look at pictures. You can Find see what out all about me. Yeah, you can see what Jake looks like. There's a lot of information about his personal <laughs> life up there too. For Funny. those of you that have been curious about what the fuck his deal is, um, yeah. Oops, sorry. Don't kick me. I didn't mean to. I'll murder you. No, <laughs> you got it on recording. Stab. It's premeditated. Coming up later on the season, like we said earlier, I think we have John Lennon. That's probably going to be the finale. Uh, working on Mozart right now. That was Gore, you remember that one? chick um, yeah, yeah. sent us an email a long time ago and wanted us to cover some classical musicians. So we're working on Mozart, Leslie Gore. We're about halfway through. Yeah. Um, Roki Erickson. Somebody had requested that every time I was like, who should we cover? They were like, you still haven't done Roki Erickson. I was like, OK, fine. Fuck. We'll do it. <laughs> so I'm working on that one now. Um, yeah. We're super excited to be back with some new content for you. And Seems like you guys are excited, too, because you are, like, jacking our numbers up, which we appreciate. So you jack into our numbers. Yes, they're jacking to our numbers. Make sure that you share the podcast with people who you think would like it if we cover one of their artists that, you know, they enjoy. I made a playlist <laughs> for this. I got to remember to put Hot in Here and Miss New Booty on it. What was the other one? Cyclone? She move her money like a cyclone. Okay. <laughs> you want to go to karaoke and say that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, the the description or the link for the playlist will be in the description for the episode. So click on that. Listen to some black metal. Listen to some fucking booty, 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 rocking everywhere. It's a good balance. It's a good mix every week. Jake, you didn't have any Weird Al additions to this episode, did you? No, I did in part one. Oh, okay, cool. All right, I got to make sure I find. <laughs> We're gonna get hit. We're gonna get hit with copyright <laughs> infringement. <laughs> All right. Uh, rest in peace. Mate. Later. Music by Demons, at Demons Band on Instagram. Artwork by Mike Johnson. Writing and production by Cassie Gardner, Alex Motler, and Jake.